Hey there, astrology lover. Did you know that astrology can help you make decisions about your finances? I was amazed when I learned that there was a thing called financial astrology. And if you're like me, watching the prices go up at the gas tank, hearing the word recession being tossed around everywhere, and just sensing the overall economic insecurity, you're looking for answers. Now, getting access to the world's best financial astrologers isn't always the easiest thing to do. But I have some really exciting news. I had the pleasure of attending a financial astrology webinar with Mitchell Scott Lewis, a renowned financial astrologer who used to work on the floor of the New York Mercantile and has been an astrologer and financial advisor for over 30 years. I was mesmerized by his presentation of historical cycles of inflation, recession, gas prices, housing markets, all the things we're dealing with right now and how these correlate with major astrological cycles, mainly because it helped me get some perspective on what's happening with our economy right now and where the current trends may be going. It reduced some of the anxiety I've been feeling about all of it and helped me find an anchor in these really wild financial tides. As I listened, I kept thinking about how much I wanted to share everything I was learning with you So after the webinar, I reached out to Mitchell and asked if he would please make this exclusive webinar available to our community, and he said yes. This was amazing enough, but it gets better. He also agreed to add a live Q&A so you can have a chance to get your specific questions answered. I am thrilled and honored to be able to offer both the recorded webinar and the live Q&A to you now. Go to astrologyhub.com slash finances to learn more and get instant access to the webinar so you can have the astrological historical perspective you need to make informed decisions about your financial future for you and your family. All the details you need to get your webinar access and to submit your questions for the August 11th live Q&A will be in your welcome email. I know things are uncertain right now, so give yourself the gift of perspective and knowledge grounded in keen astrological insights. You'll be so glad you did. Join us today at astrologyhub.com slash finances. Hi there and welcome. This is Amanda, the founder of Astrology Hub, and you're listening to our week ahead snapshot with world-class astrologer, historian, and author of the cosmic calendar, Christopher Renstrom. This show is designed to give you a quick overview of the week ahead, enabling you the gift of choice in how you navigate and weave these energies into your daily life. Enjoy. Hello, my name is Christopher Renstrom, and I'm your weekly horoscope columnist here on Astrology Hub. And this week, I wanted to talk to you about the extraordinary Mars, Uranus, and North Node conjunction taking place on August 1st. This lineup has many astrologers abuzz, not only because it's rather sensational and exciting, but truth to tell, it's also a bit foreboding. Why? Well, because the last time we had this lineup of Mars and Uranus and the North Node conjoining in the zodiac sign of Taurus was in the mid-1850s. And that was around the time of the Kansas-Nebraska Act. The Kansas-Nebraska Act repealed the Missouri Compromise, creating two new territories and allowing for popular sovereignty. It also produced a violent uprising known as Bleeding Kansas, 
as pro-slavery and anti-slavery activists flooded into the territories to sway the vote. Not exactly an upper. Now that's not to say that we're going to see this sort of thing happen on August 1st, but we can already say that we're seeing signs of redistricting, signs of states sort of breaking away from other states, setting up their own laws so that the laws that govern one state don't necessarily apply to people living in another state. There's a kind of balkanization that's taking place, something to be expected when you have Uranus moving through the zodiac sign of Taurus and now aligning with the planet Mars. But one of the saving graces to these sorts of alignments is that they involve a slow-moving modern planet. Modern planets, as I've referenced before, are planets that were discovered after 1781 with the discovery of Uranus. Those modern planets are Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. These are very slow-moving planets, and so instead of there being cathartic events that happen suddenly and overnight, they really allow the astrologer to map what's unfolding over a long period of time. Not only does this allow us to be able to come up with a more hopefully coherent interpretation, but it allows people who are living under the influence of these planets to change their course uh, so as to avoid what could be a difficulty that's on the horizon. This again is the plus side of the slower moving modern planets. So what do we have going on here with Mars in Taurus, conjoining Uranus in Taurus, conjoining the North Node? Well, I'd like to sort of break it down into three stages, if I will. Um, Mars is the planet of what I want. Uh, this is the planet that when we see something that we want, it goes ahead and it grabs it. Okay, Mars will also defend our uh, wants or rights or wills to have something. And Mars is the planet that's going to back up your sun uh, in terms of accomplishing the things that you want to accomplish in life. Uh, sometimes it's done nicely and sometimes it's done by stomping on other people's feet and using the use of sharp elbows as you elbow your adversary or opponent to one side. So when you sort of think of Mars, a uh, good image can sort of be a roller derby where they're skating around in the rink and they're kind of like slamming each other and sending one another up and over the rails and things like that. Uh, that's, that's Mars when it's highly activated. And so we have Mars and Taurus. Now, typically Taurus is a peace-loving sign because Taurus is ruled by the planet Venus. And so people born under Taurus have a tendency to be sort of low-key, easy to get along with, and pretty much peace-loving. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't have their off days and they can get into a bit of a snit, snorting their nostrils and, 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 and pounding the ground with their hooves and getting ready to charge at you if you've uh, trespassed on their territory in some way. But for the most part, people born under Taurus and Taurus energy is very content to go and graze out in the pastures and fields. When you have Mars in Taurus, uh, like we have had for the past couple of weeks, what happens here is that Mars begins to really chafe on that Taurian energy. It really begins to anger it. It begins to irritate it. It begins to provoke it uh, so that you go from... Uh, 
uh, a peaceful, loving bull to getting ready to charge bull that's seeing red or someone tras trespassing on its turf. And so this is the first idea of the Mars and Taurus, this, this notion that uh, one's turf is being trespassed upon. When it conjoins uh, Uranus, which is a very volatile planet, Uranus is the planet of revolution and change, what happens is that that exacerbates the Mars energy. It increases it. If we're talking about sound volume of one to 10, we're suddenly going from a three to a nine and a half, closing in on 10. Okay. Uranus will take that energy and it will exacerbate it. And this is uh, pretty much a time when we don't have planets in Capricorn, like we did with Jupiter and Saturn before, sort of trining or offsetting that Mars energy. So this is a time in which that Mars energy is truly getting exacerbated because there aren't other planets and earth signs to ameliorate it. Then we add the North Node to the mix. Uh, the general rule uh, with the nodes, North Node and South Node, is that any planet that is passing over the node uh, will be affected by the node accordingly. Uh, this comes from the uh, medieval reading of the uh, nodes in astrology. So the North Node was said to have the waxing energy of the moon. Uh, the nodes are lunar nodes, and so they always refer to the moon. So any planet passing over the North Node in the sky has a waxing energy. In other words, that the energy of that planet increases. And therefore, any planet passing over the south node uh, in the sky has a waning energy. Waning is when the moon is losing its light. And so the energy of that planet wanes. It becomes less than. What's really wonderful about a north node um, uh, possibility is that if you have a benefic passing over a north node like Venus or Jupiter, then the beneficence, the benevolence of that planet increases. Subsequently, and unfortunately, if you have a malefic like Mars and Saturn passing over the North Node, then that energy will also increase much more so. So now we've got um, Mars, which is already kind of can be aggressive and provocative uh, in the zodiac sign of Taurus, uh, which is being exacerbated by Uranus on August 1st. And then, of course, the energy of that Mars is being increased because of the conjunction to the North Node. Now, um, is this cause for concern? Absolutely. Um, is, this, is, is this cause for worry? Perhaps. But we can, I can sit here and I can talk to you about uh, states' rights or borders being turned around and, and, and border skirmishes and turf warfare and all these sorts of things, all things that we can recognize that are taking place in the world today. But we have lives to live as people. We have lives to live as people, and not all of us are fighting on the front lines. Of, of a territory that's being besieged or are facing these kinds of uh, issues or problems. Does that mean that this isn't going to show up in our lives? Well, it's certainly going to show up in the lives of people who live in countries and areas where these things are being uh, faced. And so that's going to be really quite apparent. Um, but for those of us who aren't really living in, in places that are being explicitly affected like this, we're still going to be responding to this type of energy. So basically, if we were to sort of uh, 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 get 
the energy down to its essence. Okay, if we were to sort of strip the energy down to its essence, we can consider the idea, and it's a very, I think, Mars and Taurus sort of idea, we can consider the idea of this phrase, this phrase that I want to share with you, which is possession is nine-tenths of the law. Okay, perhaps you're all familiar with that. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. Um, Well, yes, it's been around a long time. I think it originated in Scotland or something like that. Um, Possession being nine-tenths of the law. But what does possession is nine-tenths of the law really and truly mean? Basically, what it means is that ownership is much easier to maintain if a person has possession of something, okay? If I have possession of my house, if I have possession of this coat, if I have possession of this potted fern, okay? Ownership is easy to maintain if a person has possession of something. It's in my house, it's under my care, this belongs to me. Possession is, uh, or, or a challenge of uh, possession is much more difficult to enforce if a person does not have possession of something. So again, possession is much more difficult to enforce if someone doesn't have possession of something. Let's say there's a family dispute over um, Aunt B's knickknacks. Okay, Aunt B has passed away and she's left a favorite collection of knickknacks. Um, and, 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 and there they are. And so the knickknacks were perhaps um, collected by um, Sister Henrietta, you know, and and taken to Henrietta's house. But yet, uh, maybe Eloise feels like um, those knickknacks really belong to her because Aunt B and she used to spend hours cleaning them, uh, cleaning the little knickknacks on her shelf where Aunt B would regale Eloise with stories of how she came to find this item or how this was passed down to her in the family or something along those lines. And so Eloise wants possession of those knickknacks, but, oh dear, who did we call her, Heloise? Okay, Heloise has absconded with the knickknacks weeks before, um, and they are now being proudly displayed on her shelf. Now, Heloise uh, can, or Henrietta, it was Henrietta. Henrietta can now say, well, um, I uh, Aunt B's knickknacks are in my house, and Aunt B wanted me to have them, and they're in my house lining my shelf, and you're more than welcome to come and visit them whenever you want, but they are in my possession, okay? And so, and so Eloise is like, no, they were meant for me. My, they have great sentimental value and, and Henrietta isn't hearing any of it. And so Eloise goes and she pleads to other family members and things like this. And they say, well, you know, they are in, um, in Henrietta's house. And so I guess they're sort of Henrietta's. I mean, unless you want to take out a lawsuit or something about over Aunt B's knickknacks, um, is it really worth that? And, and all these sorts of things. Anyway, this was to illustrate that possession is nine tenths of the law. Okay. And so it's the person who is in possession of the item who's going to have a much easier time of proving ownership than the person who is not in possession of that item. Okay. So this may be a theme that's playing out for some of you this week uh, with Mars conjoining Uranus and then the North Node in Taurus. It may be a theme in which... um, you have laid claim to something. You've staked your claim on something. You've said, this thing is mine. And you maybe have grabbed it 
or absconded with it or taken it or said, this is absolutely, you know, mine and, and, and I'm not going to be challenged over, over this sort of a thing. And, and so that might be um, ruffling some feathers. That might be seen as being, um, well, not everyone's in agreement with that. Or some people question this, or maybe we need to discuss what's going on here. And so you may be feeling like, well, there's nothing to be discussed. This is mine and it was meant to be mine and, and I'm going to enforce it and I'm going to guard it no matter what. Or you may be on the other side of it. You may be on the side where your territory is being encroached upon or being trespassed um, or where something is being seized from you or taken away from you. Um, and so with Mars in Taurus, you may feel called upon to defend it, um, to hold on to it, to say, no, you cannot do that. Um, and so this may also move you into, into the fore. Um, so, so there's definitely going to be like two sides of this fence that's taking place. Um, and, and either, you know, you're in possession of it or, or someone is trying to encroach on your turf or take possession of something that, that, that it is that you, that you have. And so you may um, sort of come to blows, uh, not physical blows or hopefully not physical blows, but come to blows, uh, metaphorically speaking. Uh, there will be a dispute. There will be a skirmish. There will be a fight to be engaged. Now, um, this could take on extreme measures, um, as I shared earlier when I told you about where uh, Mars and Uranus and uh, last time that Mars and Uranus and North Node were together in the sky. And, and there certainly is a lot of hostility and tension um, that's going on these days about uh, districts and zones and what belongs and what doesn't belong and what is someone's sovereignty, uh, you know, and all these sorts of things. These are heated questions nowadays. Um, and so anything that even smacks of that is going to become more heated uh, this week um, and probably the next week and, 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 and probably going on through until uh, August 14th when the planetary skies clear and uh, things begin to calm down again. So I want you to sort of be on guard for that. I want you to be aware of that. Um, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that you go into hiding or you adopt a duck and cover stance or, you know, it's like, oh, I'm not going to come out of my room until August 14th or something like that. Uh, the whole purpose of astrology was to give a heads up of what was coming down the pike uh, as far as the planetary transits uh, were concerned to do the best job of interpreting it, whether that's that's good, uh, good news or, or bad. Um, but the whole point of the interpretation was to give people information that they could use in a constructive manner. And, 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 and it was used in a constructive manner in service to living your life. Um, and hopefully in service to living the best life that you could that you could possibly live. Now with Mars, so um, volatilized, okay, um, uh, this week, uh, it's gonna bring out those Martian qualities of Taurus. And one of the Martian qualities of Taurus is certainly inability or refusal to share. 
Taurus is not very good at sharing, um, which is curious because Taurus is a Venus ruled sign and, and Venus ruled signs naturally share. Um, but Taurus is an earth sign and earth signs have a great deal of difficulty with sharing. Earth signs will provide, they will go out and, and, and even purchase it for you. Um, but, but, but the worst thing you can do to, to a Taurus, for instance, is to ask to borrow something of the, theirs. It really drives them crazy because part of them wants to say, no, get your own. And then the Venus rule part of them is like, well, you know, I should be able to. And so there's like this back and forth. And Taurus would much rather go out and buy you something that looks like the thing that you wanted to borrow and give it to you than, than, than experience sleepless nights worried about whether it's uh, you're going to pay them back or give them back the borrowed object or something along those lines. So what's going to be exacerbated during this time, really over the two next weeks, is is a lack of sharing and probably a lack of caring that goes along with that. Now that could come out of heated justification. You know, I'm finding the good fight for Aunt, Aunt B's knickknacks. Um, or, or it can be this feeling of like my territory or turf is being encroached upon or someone's poaching my intellectual property or something like that. I've got to fight for that. And so you're going to go at that. And, it, and it's really going to be um, uh, this kind of uh, 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 building up or increasing of, of dispute like energies. Now, one of the things that we can um, find comfort in, uh, that we can that that we can take guidance that we can take guidance from, uh, following these heated times, is the position of Venus in the sky. Uh, remember that. The planet Venus is the astrological ruler of Taurus, and no sooner do we have this um, uh, Mars, Uranus, North Node conjunction in Taurus um, on August 1st, than on August 2nd, it's followed by Venus sextiles to Mars and a Venus sextile to Uranus. So basically what's, what Venus is doing is that it's allowing a sort of release for that energy. Um, why is this important? Because Venus is the, is the planetary ruler of Taurus. So, so we have Mars in Taurus next to Uranus and North Node, and it's coming on strong and very bullish. And then it's followed by Venus in Cancer, sextiling the Mars, sextiling the Uranus, finding an outlet, finding a way to maybe begin to negotiate or to talk. Uh, no sooner do we have the Mars and Saturn square, you know, between Taurus and uh, Aquarius on August 7th, than we also that very same day have a Venus-Neptune trine. So there's, uh, and again, that matters because Venus is ruling the Mars, which is in Taurus. So we have this kind of cooling of the brow that's taking place, uh, this, this presentation of Venusian uh, things. And Venus, of course, is a planet that's very much involved in uh, negotiation, in, in uh, pacifying a situation, in looking for ways uh, to bring two parties that have left the table, refusing to talk to each other again, Venus will go and find ways to bring the two parties back to the table so that they can sit down and work out their differences. So this is a very nice thing. Not everything is going to be heated, extreme, incendiary, and impossible. We have very strong Venusian energy, which are accompanying these transits, which can soften and ameliorate the situation. So this is something to uh, concentrate on when you feel like your back is up against the wall, you know, someone's encroaching on your space. 
think of the way that you can appeal to this person or appeal to, if you have to, another agency or a third party. Um, and there should be someone available who can intervene and bring down the temperature of what's going on. Um, if you want something and, and, and you deserve this and it was always meant for, for you, is there a way that maybe you can share some of what it is that you're getting? Uh, you may not have to, you may not technically have to or anything along those lines, but it might be a good idea too, uh, because it would address someone's hurt feelings or the fact that they feel shortchanged in some way. If there's something that uh, you can offer, you know, that shares some of the benefit that you're gaining, um, you can you can make a party that feels burned feel better. And also you can prevent any sort of ill will against you in the future. Um, what what Taurus is always about is finding a way for everyone to get along in, in a space and in, in, in a territory. And the thing is, you know, again, right now there's a lot of focus on this is my space and get out and, you know, what applies here isn't going to apply over there. There's a kind of balkanization of space that's going on these days. But the fact of the matter is we live on one planet. We live with, ultimately speaking, limited resources. And um, if we don't find a way to get along, or let me say, put it like this, finding a way to get along isn't some sort of idealistic, naive notion. Finding a way for everyone to get along is becoming more and more a physical and practical concern. Uh, because where else are you going to go if everyone's fighting or outpricing or grabbing things or encroaching or trespassing? Okay, so whatever you can find in your uh, in in your abilities. Uh, to uh, lower the temperature, to 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 share. You won't feel like sharing because the energy in Taurus is really strong. But to share, to find a way to share, um, to find a way to compromise. Okay, you can't have the whole dessert cart, but maybe you'll you know uh, settle for a piece of cake. The more that you can do this, the more that you're going to make the world a better place, and the more that you're going to make your life, at least for the next two weeks, a lot easier. Hi there, I'm Amy Escobar, a producer of the Horoscope Highlight Show with Christopher Renstrom. Thanks for tuning in to the Astrology Hub Podcast Network. If you love the show, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share it. And if you don't know how to do that, here's how you can leave a review in Apple Podcasts on iPhone. Make sure you're on the landing page for the Astrology Hub Podcast and not an individual episode. Scroll down to the bottom until you reach ratings and reviews. Click one of the five stars under tap to rate to leave a rating. And under the most recent review, tap the write a review button. And if you're on another device, just find out how to leave a review on whatever podcast player you use. Then share what you love about the show or how it helps you navigate your life. We'd love to hear your stories. And by doing this, you make it possible to make shows like Horoscope Highlights happen every week. Thank you again for tuning in, for being a part of our community, and for making astrology a part of your life.